Worship our King? Are you ready to worship our Lord? Are you ready to worship our Heavenly Father? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, we want to welcome you because we, we know that a lot of people are watching online in different parts of the world and they're being blessed. But you being here today, you are especially blessed because God is moving. Amen? Let's pray before our worship team comes up and lead us a time of worship. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for bringing us here this morning. We have other places to go, but we made a choice to be here this morning because we want to give you thanks and praise. And we want to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ who gave us life. And because he resurrected, he led the way. And that one day that we too will resurrect and will be in a glorious form and spend rest of eternity in the kingdom of heaven. Meanwhile, while we're here, may we do the thing that you have called us to do to be faithful men and women, to serve you, to be the light and salt of the world, to show the kindness and the goodness of love of Jesus Christ through us. So, Father, now as we give you praise and worship, Holy Spirit, give us the strength, enable us, equip us. As our worship team comes, bless us for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on, let's praise the Lord this morning. Amen. All right, come on, let's stand up and sing together. Turn to you 
see. Cause when we see you, we find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears are washed away. Are washed worship God today. Amen. He is our Savior, our Redeemer. He's everything, Amen. and he is awesome. So let's praise him to get today and give him all the glory. Let the Holy Spirit move you right now. Amen. Amen.
Lord, you know the battlefields. Well, I just think of that scripture where he commanded Moses to stand on the edge of the battlefield. And when his hands were stretched out in praise, his people triumphed. And when he got tired and dropped his arms, his people were vanquished. Lord, teach us to keep our arms stretched out in praise to you in our battles. Lord, you know the situations we're in. Lord, you know those hidden battles, those late night prayer times with you when we have no rest. Those places where our health is not what we want it to be. Those relationships where we're crying out for somebody who's, who's gone astray. Lord, even those times where we know we failed you. Lord, bring hope in the hopeless places, in those battlefields where it feels like we're overwhelmed. Help us to stretch our arms to you and see the victory. You call me out upon the waters. You call me out upon the waters. Great unknown, where feet may fail. Just like that. And there I find you in the mystery, in an ocean deep. My faith will stand. I will call your name, and I will call upon you. together. Let's go back to the first verse. You call me out. You call me out upon the waters, the great unknown, where fear may fail. And there I find you in the mystery, in oceans deep, my faith will stand.
so good to say this. I am yours, and you are mine. I am yours, and you are Amen. You may remain standing. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Abba, Father, Daddy, we thank you. Lord, we thank you that it's about a relationship for you with us. It's not about religious ritual. It's about you and us together. And Lord, we thank you that you never leave us, never forsake us. Lord, we thank you that this song's deep, Lord. When it talks about ocean, ocean's deep. And, and Lord, in order for us to grow in that relationship, to grow more deeply in that relationship, you bring us through some stuff. You really do. But that's how we grow. That's how we grow in faith. That's how we grow in trust. We have to go through those things. And, and Lord, I, I just can't help but think about Abraham when you asked him to sacrifice his son. It had to be a baffling time for him because that was a promised one. It's the one that you told him to wait on and yet you called him to sacrifice. And Lord, on that journey as he went to, to sacrifice his son, all the more still trusting that you were going to provide a way out, even if you brought him back. And Lord, you, you, you provided that ram in the bush. And in Isaac and his obedience, he grew in that relationship with you. He grew in trusting you, knowing that you got us. You got him. You got us. And so, Lord, pray for those. And even as I think about, um, Lord, I've done two memorial services in two days. And, uh, and, Lord, I just pray for the Knox family. Lord, that they would grow in their relationship with you. That the, as their loved one is gone, that they would press into their relationship with you. Abba, Father. Daddy, and know that you are with them, that you will carry them. Lord, I pray for my mom, my sister, the rest of us, myself included, that we, that we would know that you are with us and grow deeper in our relationship. And Lord, I just even think about all the, the grief letters I've sent out. Lord, I probably sent out uh, almost 30 letters in the last several weeks. All people in our church that are in one point and in, in, have gone through grief of some kind, Yet, I pray they would know that you are with them. Then lastly, Lord, I pray for us, the body of Christ, to know that we represent you. Lord, every look, every touch, every word in Jesus' name. You don't have to be a pastor to give a word, a look, and touch in Jesus' name. Any of us can do that. That we would know the power of those words, the power of those touches, the power of those encouragement to, to, to help a person to hang on to you, to come back to church, to continue to pray. So, Lord, deepen our walk with you, even as we're on this journey. I think about uh, Karen and uh, John and, uh, I'm sorry, Richard and Karen Leah that are with us. Deepen their walk, even as they come. And, Lord, I thank you that you're not, you're not about just saving us and rescuing us. You want us to grow in the likeness of your Son. You have work for us to do. And the most important thing is that we be in that relationship and grow closer to you. 
We give you the honor and glory. Thank you for our worship team. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Hey, guys, thank you so much. Uh, you can remain standing. I have you greet one another just a moment. want to thank all of you that have been praying for me and my family. Had a wonderful memorial service for my dad yesterday. Um, I learned some things about my dad I didn't even know and stuff. He had people from his job that showed up uh, just testifying uh, about the type of person he was. And so it was really, really interesting to learn. Um, and it was really a blessed time. Some people were from the church were, were able to accommodate a few people from the church. I'm thankful for, for that. But uh, just continue to pray for my mom, my sister, but, you know, in, in that whole process of grief. But we thank you uh, for all your support. God is good all the time. Amen. All right, let's, uh, we're going to, for those that are here, it's new to you. Uh, we're going to greet one another in the Lord. We don't go running around the aisles. Back, back in the day we did, and one day we will. But uh, we will wave to one another. I want you to smile, even as they can't see you, your smile, but smile. And now uh, let's wave at one another. You can bow. Let's greet one another in the Lord. Amen. 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 Hey. All right, all right. Um, they want they want to run around, Pastor. I just, <laughs> I'm just telling you, man. They're struggling, struggling. We're we're one day we're a, we're really a greeting church, guys. So that comes. It's gonna come. Uh, but it's coming soon. But here here's what I want to say. Um, and and so, first of all, there, there's some folks that are here. That I want to acknowledge. If the rest of you guys can be seated, because I want to acknowledge a few people. And you know, if I put you on the spot, you don't have to. You don't have to stand. I just, I just like to recognize our guests. Uh, first of all, there's some people that are here uh, from the, from the Knox family memorial service, and I just want to recognize them. Invited them to the church. If you were at the Knox memorial service, if you could stand up, we just want to welcome you in the Lord and stuff, and just, just thank you for coming. Stand up, my brother. You lead the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying if you were here on Friday night. And uh, we, had a, we had a wonderful celebration. And, um, and so we just praise the Lord uh, for Kimberly Patton and, and, and just be able to celebrate with the family. Continue to pray for them. And you can be seated now, brother. Um, also, um, I see some other guests that are here with us. Uh, we just want to welcome you. So don't, we're not going to come after you. Don't worry about that. But if you're here, you can just raise your hand if you're here and you're new and visiting our church. We just want to welcome you. And the Lord also want to encourage you to go to the back at the at the end of the service, our deacons have a gift for you. So if you're here uh, for the first time, can you raise your hand? Amen. 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 Let's welcome our guests. And uh, we have, uh, I hope it's okay to say this, we have uh, Tim, uh, Melissa's mom is with us. Mom and dad are with us. And so we welcome you. We're glad that you're here. And so thank you for coming. And so uh, I want to encourage you as well, just if you're here, and this goes for our guests and also just for our regular attendees as well. Uh, we have a welcome slip that's here and available to you. If you want to let us know more about yourself, we'd love to know more about you. If you have a prayer need, if you have a praise report, uh, or you just want to know more about our church and how to get connected here, encourage you to fill this out. You can give it to an usher on the way out, or there's also a, a receptacle uh, in the back there when you exit uh, for your offering and also just to put this note in there. So I just want to make you aware of that as well. Um, 
All right. A couple of other things I want to mention. Your cell phones. Please put them on vibrate. <laughs> so I appreciate that. If you need help putting them on vibrate, you can talk to any of our ushers. I'll help you out. I uh, just want to do that. Um, also want to mention, while you guys are doing that, that to take out this slip, um, we are going to launch our new courses next week. We have an ABF launch. We have a new members class that's beginning. We have a class called Practical Pointers for Power Powerful Personal Discipleship. Whew, that's a mouthful. I got, that, got through that. Pastor Dale is going to be teaching that as well. If you're, I, I just want to mention, if you're just exploring the church, so, you know, I just want to know what the church is about. I encourage you to come to the new members class. You're not obligated to join, but it's a, it's, it's a way of getting to know us and getting to know our leadership. So you can fill that out. And it, as I said, you can give it to one of the ushers on the way out or put it in the offering receptacle on the way out. Uh, there's a women's class as well that, that, that Mindy Cobb teaches that's ongoing. And then Foundations of Faith by Morris, and Brown, Morris Brown. So um, put this in. They start next week at 9 o'clock. And so just making you aware of that. Um, and so I'm going to stop there. And I have a little special thing that we're going to do today. Uh, we have something called the Gospel Justice Center. And I want to invite up Tim Dish and his team. Uh, if Tim, if you could, I'm not sure where you are, but come on up. And um, this is a very, uh, really a blessed ministry that we have. And I call it value-added. There are needs that, that are needed in our community. Um, and, and this is under the umbrella of, of the organization Together Chicago. Uh, and we started this Gospel Justice Center just before November, um, just before the, the pandemic started in March. And so it's, you know, it's kind of like we're going to do a relaunch here. But uh, Tim, Tim's our leader, and I want him to just share about it and stuff. Good morning. For the, uh, those who don't know me, my name is Tim Dish. I serve as the justice champion for the Gospel Justice Center here at UBC. We also have, thank you. We also have uh, Darnese White, who serves as both a client advocate and a client intake specialist. So she helps people get registered for the center. as well as take care of all of their needs post-consultation um, and just loves on them and prays for them and, and helps them in all their needs in and outside of legal matters. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Gospel Justice Center, what we do is we provide legal aid to those who can't afford it. Um, our goal here today and why Darnese and I are up here speaking is we need your help as a church body. Uh, we need more people uh, to serve at uh, to serve uh, at UBC or in the Uptown, Rogers Park, General North Side. We're doing a lot of legal help, but it's for people in Wheaton or Elgin or St. Charles, and we want to love on Uptown, Rogers Park, and here. So we need your help. So what we're asking you to do, you got this flyer in your bulletin. Give this to anybody you know that, that might need legal help, whether they're unsure or sure that they need legal help, we can help them walk through those steps. Um, it's only non-criminal matters. So landlord-tenant, uh, credit debt issues, anything that's a non-criminal matter, we can help out with. If it's a criminal matter, we can refer them, but won't be able to help them out through gospel justice. Outside of doing that, we want you to pray for us. 
Uh, again, we want to serve outside of the walls of UBC. We want to be a beacon of hope within the community, and we think providing this legal aid for people that need it is a way to do that. Okay. Thank you very much. We're going to pray for you. It's okay. The mic. The mic. The mic. Father, you are the father to the fatherless, the widows and the orphans. Lord, you look out for justice and righteousness because you are just and you are righteous. Lord, we pray for the work of our Gospel Justice Center. This Saturday, it is this Saturday, this coming Saturday, we pray now for new clients, new clients in this area, Lord, who are desperately crying out for help because they're behind on their rents and they're experiencing some other form of justice that we don't even know about. I pray, Lord, that we will be able to reach them that you would continue to bring in volunteers for this ministry, support Tim and Darnese and what they're doing. I pray that you would bless and establish the work of their hands so that people would be ministered to, eventually find their way to Jesus and the God who is just and righteous. We pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, guys. All right, uh, quickly segueing to the next part of our service. You know, uh, one of the things we, we notice about the letters of the Apostle Paul is that he gets refreshed when he gets visits, when he gets visits from uh, the saints, the churches that visit, him, that visit him, and that they are refreshed whenever he goes there. Well, maybe not Corinthians, because he, he rebuked them so many times. <laughs> but for the most part, uh, the churches are refreshed when, they, when Paul visits them. It is, it's you know, no less refreshing today when we get visits from the folks who are our frontline laborers on the field. And so, Richard and Karen, why don't you come up? Uh, John, why don't you come up as well? John's going to do this interview, uh, but let me introduce you to our uh, International Missions Board um, missionaries, M's as we call them, uh, to the country of Tanzania, which is on the east side, uh, southeast side of Africa. We originally met Richard and Karen back in the 2011-2012 at a IMB sending missionary service, which the IMB does every year at the SBC convention, if you go with us. I mean, it is the most invigorating uh, service that you could possibly sit in, and they were there to support other new missionaries that were being out, uh, out in the, being sent out, even though they were already there in Tanzania. And so that's how we got connected. And then the year after, we sent the team. Sandra Reed uh, was on that team with me. 
and we just prayer walked. We prayer walked the, what we now know as the Zoramo villages, and they're going to talk more about the work over there, but that's how we, we got started, and we've been back there about three, four times now, and John Watson, who is a civil engineer by trade, uh, he went over there. We sent over there uh, John Jamila, and then he, he gained a heart for the Zoramo people group, and as Richard and Karen took the team out to the Zoramo villages, John just noticed that they need water. They need water in a bad way. Uh, and, and that became the burden of his heart ever since, to see that we get a, a well dug up, drilled uh, in Tanzania. Now that's, you know, that's easier said than done, right, John? Uh, as, as they could tell you. But uh, we're going to get the job done this year. And I'm speaking that with eyes of faith. We're going to get that job done this year, and we're going to bring, uh, bring a team back to Tanzania this year. Lord willing, you're welcome to join us. So with that, I'm going to let, turn the interview over to John. And, John, you talk to, the, talk to these folks. Sure. sure. Thank you, Doug. Um, can we test the mic, please? Well, I'm, yeah, we want to. All right. So, yeah, well, so let's, let's give a warm welcome to Richard and Karen Lee. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. So for over 20 years, over 20 years, they've been in Tanzania serving the Lord, reaching the lost. That's a praise. That's a praise. Um, and so, you know, Richard, uh, we, we worked together. He, we did that prayer walk that uh, Doug talked to us about. And then Richard, God put it on his heart to give us this, um, this charge uh, to adopt um, and partner with a local unreached people group. The Zoramo, and so when he when he said that, we were all very excited, and and we we took that. Uh, so unreached, unengaged means that uh, uh, less than three percent of their population is Christian, and uh, and now I think they might they might possibly be be considered engaged. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. so that's Definitely good. Engaged. Yes. Yes. And so I have some questions here. I'm not you know I I don't have the interview skills of Pastor Allen. But <laughs> I'll do what I can. Um, so, so first of all, could you, uh, Richard and Karen, can you please tell us how, you know, how the water project works with uh, engaging people's hearts? When you're, this village that you guys are working in, our overall strategy is to enter. You know, we, we were looking for an entry point, And the Lord gave us this entry by means of, digging this well. Now, we're still working on that. That's right. But, won't quit. But that entry was our, was, was our way into that village. Both the local people, local leadership, and also government people, too, said, please come. And they gave the church, gave you the church, and us the opportunity to go and spend a lot of time there. And in bringing them physical water, we also win the opportunity to share living water with them. That's right, that's right, thank you. And then, uh, so could you talk a little bit more about your mission methodology in terms of church planting, the home churches, and, and how that, that also uh, you know, takes advantage of those um, openings? As I said, our overarching strategy is entry, gospel, short-term discipleship, long-term discipleship, gathering as churches, and prayerfully exiting to partnership 
with these local believers. What we do is I train local um, church planters. And uh, soon you'll get a chance to see a picture of that group. That group at the beginning was a very small group. Now we have expanded to over, over 10. Hey, right praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's good. So these, uh, these church planters, what, you know, so what's sort of their role and how did they uh, reach people for Christ and then disciple them? What they do is uh, each one of them is engaging in one of a, a village and they're, they're preaching the gospel, they're sharing their faith. And as they're sharing their faith, they're gathering people in. I mean, gathering and doing uh, what we call discovery Bible studies as a method. Uh, also, also using um, uh, other means to gain access. And one of the things that we're looking to do since it's getting close to planting season, uh, we're going to be training them in how to make an insecticide uh, from a plant that will give uh, them even further, further access to people. Very good. Praise the Lord. And Karen, uh, she, she goes by Karen for us, but in Tanzania, she goes by Mama Keiki. <laughs> That's her name. So could you please tell us about your ministry? So I always say I have a sweet ministry, and if you're in the women's Sunday school class this morning, I got to share all about it, so don't have that time. But my ministry is teaching women to bake cakes in their outside oven, and we call our ministry Cake to Christ. So when they, they come and they think they're just learning how to make cake, um, they get Christ. So it's a, it's a five-week process, and each week they hear the gospel, and along with, yeah, testimony and Richard, who helps me do storying, and, um, yeah, just sharing the gospel with those who come. Very good. Praise the Lord. Oh, I forgot to say, sorry, that we also have um, a ministry we call Beauty for Ashes, and that's our ministry that we do every f other Friday to vulnerable women or um, women who work on the streets at night, prostitutes. So we take them cake every other Friday and share a little sweetness with them. We also, we also, we also work with, with, um, with mechanics that uh, have, uh, you know, this is in the downtown area of, uh, of uh, Dar es Salaam. And in this past year, we saw 10 of these men, uh, uh, men primarily, come to, come to faith and baptized. Wow, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah, we're always, we're always praying for you and your ministry, and they, they see the pictures. And, um, and so another, another component of, of this shared ministry um, is these, you know, those church planters. And they're, I mean, we can't say enough, you know, the, the impact that they have because they're Tanzanians reaching their own people. They know the language so well. They know the culture so well. And every single day, you know, they're working towards this goal. And that, that's also a praise. So uh, in, now, the, however, there's a, there's a sort of a, in a uh, difficulty because these congregations are very small and they cannot support a pastor financially. And they have school fees, they have to buy food and things. So uh, Richard and Karen, could you please tell us a little bit more about how the small businesses and micro loans work? These small business loans that you have facilitated has really helped these men to be able to stay in their work. You basically help to train tent makers. 
these men are able to feed their families, and they're also they're also able to um, also able to educate their children, which is a, a very key thing. A lot of the people who are involved in ministry, um, they run into the problem of not being able to sustain it because they're having to try to find a way to support. So thank you for your support of these men. Yeah, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. That's right. As I, I mean, it, that, that exactly happened before. Richard poured a lot of time into a man, and he was not able to, to make it financially. He had to go somewhere else to get a job, and he, you know, he couldn't do that. So now with this, they have the job in the small business and also the job in the church. They're able to do both. Yes. Yeah. And then so that, that covers their financial support, but how are you yourself supported financially? We are supported through Lottie Moon and... I know that your church supports that. We want to say thank you very much. Um, and also a cooperative program. Those two things support us so that we don't have to go uh, to churches and ask for money. Um, and uh, the, I mean, the Lord pro provides for us. You provide for our car that we drive, the, the house that we live in, and also the, the ministry supplies that we, that we, we need. Uh, no, and there's a few others, yeah. Okay, I'm like, watch it, buddy. Because <laughs> now you're getting into mine. So I mentioned cake, teaching cake to women. I do four classes, and uh, actually I do five, but the four that I do, I bring each and everything from the oven that they cook it in to um, all the supplies that they need. And they never have to pay one penny to be a part of, of the cake class because you generously give to Lottie Moon and the cooperative program, I'm able to um, offer these classes. But on a side note that is not covered by Lottie Moon are the extra measuring cups, teaspoons, and dish towels. So if you want to be a part of that, see our thing because that's not covered in the budget. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they're taking donations for that. Yeah. Good. And, and uh, uh, one more. So around, you know, around Christmas and Easter, you know, you hear Uncle Doug usually uh, talking about, Elder Doug talking about, make sure to donate. This is our goal. You know, we usually have 3000 to $4,000 our church and uh, raised together. And then all these churches together go to support our international missionaries. Yeah. 100% of what you give to Lottie Moon, 100% goes to all your missionaries on the field. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's good. Well, uh, you know, I, I want to thank you guys dearly for your service. Um, and we'll bring uh, uh, Uncle Doug up here, too. And then if you could tell us, our whole church, he'll pray, he'll pray you out, and we can pray for you now, too. Um, yeah, one more thing. And, but after that, I want you to share about how you can pray for us, right. uh, how, how we can pray for you and your ministry. One of the things um, that I am so excited is that in your name here, UBC, you have R-E-A-L, UBC Real. Well, that is a part of our, our, our focus. And what I have for you is just a three-minute video that talks about what it means for us to keep it real in Dar es Salaam, keeping it real in Tanzania. So if you go ahead and run that for me.
guys, it's the ocean, not the light. God's will on a plate. do this. John, just get the job done this year, all right? Uh, so I, I appreciate Richard and John and Karen putting all of that into context. When, when we have this board over here, that board is short-sighted, okay? That board only has seven missionary families that we support, but in, in context, we support 10,000 missionaries, not yeah. seven or eight, yeah. 10,000 missionaries. Amen. We give $6,000 a year. About 5% of our, of our church general giving goes towards the cooperative program and then the Lottie Moon, Annie Armstrong missions giving programs. It is unique, unique in all the church. And Heavenly Father, today, today, we hear the call to give, to pray, to go. Yes. We pray. We know that the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. We pray, Lord, that you, Lord of the harvest, would send out workers into your harvest. We pray 
Lord, we're specifically praying that you would increase our total number of full-time, fully funded missionaries. We pray for a net gain of 500 new missionaries this year who will be sent out into the field, giving us 4,200 full-time, fully funded missionaries through the International Missions Board. We pray that your will would be done. And we pray for the, the Tanzanians, Lord, Send out workers to the Zoramos and the entire coastal area of Tanzania as we heard the need laid forth today. We pray that you would send out laborers. Send them from among us. Send them from among our churches. Send them from among believers all over the globe to descend on Tanzania, to descend on Eastern Africa with the gospel of Jesus Christ that your name and your glory may be declared. And we pray, Lord, that you would continue to equip, empower leaders, church planners, pastors, deacons to serve you that you would assimilate all of these new believers into churches and that new church plants would be planted and that your name, Lord, would be lifted up. We pray, Lord, that you would meet every need according to your glorious riches. You would provide every resource according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Just, remind, just remain uh, prayerful with me as I pray for our offering time as well. Lord, we know that you're faithful. The psalmist says that we will sing of your mercies forever. With our lips this morning, Lord, we proclaim your faithfulness unto all the nations. And Lord, whom you have called, you will equip. Whom you have equipped, you will send. Whom you will send, you will provide for. Yes. And so, Lord, provide for the local missions work that's going on here. Provide for the work in Illinois as we are in missions offering month. Lord, provide for the work that's going on in North America. And then provide for the work that is going on around the globe and all the nations. I pray that you would bless every gift and every giver. You would multiply the seeds that are sown today, that those seeds would spring up into eternal life in the souls that are being saved and brought into the kingdom. We pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. One, Please. one last thing that we didn't get to say. We have to give you a changamoto, which is a hot push a challenge. And um, every day at 10.02 in the morning and at night, we're praying. Read Luke 10.2 and it will explain because we beseech the Lord of the harvest to send workers into the field. Um, we especially pray for Sub-Saharan Africa, more specifically Tanzania, and specifically Dar es Salaam. And then we have five at 5.55 a.m. and p.m., we pray for the 55 unreached people groups that are in uh, Sub-Saharan Africa. And you are already engaging one, but there's many more.
That's 5.55 p.m., not a.m., right? Oh, a.m. and p.m. We have have our watch set to both. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Lise. By the way, uh, Karen Lee is the older sister uh, of Gerald Wilson, who is uh, right here today. Please welcome our uh, senior pastor, Nick Kim, for the next installment of Acts. Hallelujah. God is good. Are you with me? Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you, Karen and uh, Richard, for blessing us. I'm looking forward for, um, actually, my wife and I, we're looking for our trip to Tanzania. And I know that uh, we're going to be blessed and we're going to love it. Um, I'm also excited that we're going to do our first uh, children's church today. Uh, my wife, G, and uh, our dear, you know, sister, Naya, is going to help. And so if, if you got uh, children, uh, please go to that exit to my left. Uh, you see Sister G and Niall waiting over there. You could just walk over there into the parlor, and we'll have children church there. All right, if you have any kids. So go ahead right now, all right? Uh, so let's uh, pray, and then we'll go into our next series of the book of Acts. That's experiencing God's power, all right? Father, we thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness. We thank you for your love, and because of your love that we can go out. And Father, I pray that as you continue to remind us what's our purpose, what's our mission, I pray that you would equip us to do so. Now, Father, as we look into your word, pray that you bless it. May the meditation of my heart and the words that are spoken through this servant may be pleasing to your sight. In the holy name of Christ, we pray, amen. When the earlier church was filled with the Holy Spirit, when they were filled with the Spirit's fire, they did not just stand still, nor did they become complacent. When we look around a lot of Christian churches today, in the beginning they are all fired up, in the beginning they are all excited, they wanted to share the gospel, but something happened. In the process or over the years, they became complacent. And what they did is that not only they become complacent, but they just kind of closed the doors and they kind of stood behind the doors and said, we're comfortable where we're at. We like the fellowship. We like the, the love that's going on. We like the sense of community. Let's just stay the way we are. And that's not what Christ has designed for the local church. Nor the earlier church did that. What they experienced under the Holy Spirit's power was so explosive and so great that they got going. They didn't just sit around and say, listen, it feels really good to experience God's power. It feels really good to, to share a meal together. It feels really good to pray together. It really feels good. But... As they experienced the goodness of God, they said, we cannot just have it our own self. We need to share it, and we need to get going. And, let's, and then they, they, they just said, let's move. And they did. That's what, exactly what they did. They went out. Now, our morning's text, Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 26, tells us that what they did, and as we studied this text, we would discover two things that as we are spirit-filled church, 
what we must do. We talk about that we are a spirit-filled church. As we talk about that, we just can't sit around. There are at least two things that we must do. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So first is that, is, I don't know, our PowerPoint is kind of down, but you'll see it in your bulletin. Normally you'll see it behind me, but you'll see it in your bulletin. The first point, the thing that we must do is this. The spirit-filled church draws, listen please, the world to Christ. The spirit-filled church draws the world to Christ. Notice in verse 1, he says, One day Peter and John was going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At 3 in the afternoon. You see, the new church, when they became the new church, they didn't completely broke off from the old temple. They didn't break off the temple because they were still Jewish people. So Peter and John, they devoted Jews, devoted Jews continue to attend the service that was de- designated of time of prayer in the temple. Three o'clock was the busiest time of prayer. And you can imagine a lot of people were going to the temple at three o'clock to pray. And these were devoted followers of Jews. Now, so Peter and John was going up to the temple. They saw a lame man. Notice in verse 2, Luke says this. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Now, this poor man was crippled since birth. He never walked before. And he was always carried wherever he was. I don't, at that time, they didn't have, or the invent was wheelchair. They didn't have wheelchair that back then. So this poor man, wherever he wanted to go, he needed to be carried. And so this is where he was carried to. His begging post was the best spot in the entire city. Why? Because it was the entrance to the gate of the temple. And it was a beautiful place. And it was the busiest place. So for a business person, it is the best place, right? Location, location, location. So this poor man had it all planned out. He says, I'm going to go there and I'm going to collect money. And that was his routine. Every day at 3 o'clock, that, like clockwork, he was there to collect money. But one day as he was going up, something different was going to happen. Something different was going to happen. What was going to happen was he's going to have a divine intervention. Something different. God had it all planned out now. And I believe God had it all planned out. That's why he had Peter and James going up to the temple at this specific time to meet this specific beggar. You see, that's how God works. Because he's all about pursuing intimate, loving relationship with any individual that needs it. So, loved ones, if any of you who are hurting, any of you who are begging, not so much of money, but any of you who are begging inside saying, Lord, I'm begging you. I need to experience you. I need you right now. Any of you who are begging, you, begging God is going to meet your need today. Amen? And you, just like this beggar, are going to have a a divine intervention. I believe that with all my heart. And God sent me here today to tell you that. 
as he is sending Peter and James to tell this poor beggar. Amen? So notice in verse 3, Luke says this. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them what? For money. And some of you who are from uptown knows this very well. Right? We get asked all the time. Even yesterday, even Friday, as I was after lunch coming into the office, there was some. There were one gentleman that was sitting on the uh, stairs, and he said, "Sir, do you have one dollar?" And I said, "You know what? I do have one dollar." And I gave him one dollar. Unlike some other people who asked, "Wait a minute! You only just gave me two dollars. This is not going to be enough to buy me dinner." <laughs> you know. I said, you should be thankful that at least I'm giving you what I have. But anyway, that's another message, all right? <laughs> but you all know that we, 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 we know this. So again, this poor man was asking for money. Now, he was so desperate, Peter and James was not even near the gate yet. He saw them, he, he saw them walking towards them, and then he told his, his guys, hey, take me to these guys. So he could ask them. Then he could do his thing. And he said they were immediately, he was asking for money. So he got his friends, took them there so that he could do his thing. And he looked at him and he looked at Peter and James, excuse me, Peter and John and says, gentlemen, you look like a fine, good, kind man. Can you give me some money? That's what this poor man asked. And as this poor man asked, what did Peter respond to this request? Did he say, did he go into under his robe and reach under his pouch and say, here, let me give you some money. Here, let me give you some coin. Here, let me give you some change that I have. He did not do that. Notice what happened. Peter responded in verses, six, four, verses 4 and 6, or through 6. Peter looked straight him in the eye, or straight at him, as John did. And Peter said to him, look at us. So the man gave them his full unbodied attention, expecting, expecting to get something from them. He thought that Peter and John, uh, John is going to give him some money. He's like, all right, I'm going to get some money from these men. But however, he did not do that. Look at verse 6. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. Catch this. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Walk. Now, some of you may be saying that as you walk out, walk out right? Now, silver or gold or some, some money that I don't have, but what I do have is, the, is Jesus Christ in me, and that's what I'll give you. Initially, this poor man thought to himself, this man's crazy, right? This man's crazy. Can't he, can't he just see that I can't walk? And I need my friends to carry me. Obviously, this man does, these, these, uh, these men don't know me because I've been here every day. They know that people know me that, that I've been born this way and I can't walk. There's a, and they, they, he must be crazy. It's mocking me. He's disrespecting me. 
saying, telling me to walk? Why don't he just give me money? Now, if I were this poor man, I would be offended as well. I'll be hurt, actually, telling me to walk when I can't, disrespecting me and mocking me in front of these people. Why don't he just say, I don't have money, and walk away? Why does he have to belittle me in this way? I'm sure he would be thinking that, and, and I'll be thinking that as well if I was this man's situation. Notice in verse 7, since this man was not moving, Peter being Peter, you know that he's pretty aggressive. He grabs him by the hand. Look what happens in verse 7. He says, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. Instantly, the man's feet and ankle became what? Strong. Peter literally grabbed his right hand, man, arm, and lifted him up saying, you are healed. Praise the Lord. The poor man had no choice but to get up because of the overwhelming power of God. He just didn't just get up. He jumped up. Because when power of God moves, he moves in such a way that you can't resist him. You can't avoid it or you can't deny it. And this is what happened to this poor man. He jumped up, in verse 8 says, to his feet and began to walk. You see, when God is at work, you cannot deny it, loved ones. Even for this poor man, he didn't want to do it. But the power of God is irresistible. Amen? And I'm sure all of you here can testify, when God showed up in your life, and when God reached out and said, come, I am here. Well, I was there. When God called me in my, in my loneliness, in my college room, where my roommate was not there, in my, in my dormitory, in sitting in bed, asking God, what is life? He's searching for the definition or meaning of life. God's presence was so overwhelming. I could not resist but to say, yes, Lord. Come to be the Lord of my life. Come to be the Savior of my life because I don't want to live this way anymore. Are you with me? Brothers and sisters, this poor man wanted money, but God gave him what? Something far better. You talk about Karen and Richard and, and John, they're building wells. People are coming in to get, or people are coming to get cake. People are coming in to get water. Yes, they're going to get water. Yes, they're going to get cake. But they're going to get something far better. That is Jesus Christ. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah, church. That's what God does. And sometimes, I have to tell you, sometimes we struggle, don't we? We go on our knees. We go on our knees and say, God, give me that promotion. God, give me that wife. God, give me that husband. God, give me that job. And, we, and then when we come, at the end of the day, and then we're still like, how come I still don't have a job? How come I still don't have a wife or future husband? How come I don't have this and that? How come I don't have a new car? How come I, I don't have a, uh, my bump in my salary? We said, how come and how come? And Jesus is kind of, 
Jesus is quietly saying to you, but I want to give you something better. You see, I want to give you something better. Because if this man received money, it wouldn't change a thing, right? Because he receives money every day. So nothing will be different. Nothing will be different. But because he experienced something that was far better than money, he's going to experience God in a more powerful, intimate way that would change his life. Money would not change his life. It did not. But now, because he received the healing, what did he do? He was praising God. You see? Over the years when people gave him money, he did not praise God. He came back for more. Matter of fact, I'm sure he was not thankful. Just received the money. That's it. Notice in verse 8, he says, then he, went with, then he went with them. He followed them. He followed Peter and John. Because again, and what did he do? Not only he followed them into the courts, but he, he's walking and jumping and praising God because of his experiencing God. And sometimes it kind of is, is, is disappointing, not in our church, but in the past when I go to church, when people have personally experienced God, they're in the worship service and we're singing songs and praising God. Some of them are just like this, just looking like this. Right? Why? Because I call them zombies. Their soul is dead. You know? They need Jesus. So, but Uptown Baptist Church, we don't have that, do we? We have Jesus. When we have praise time, we're jumping up and down and praising Jesus. Amen? Because he's worthy. That's what this man did. He couldn't help. He's probably thinking to himself, wow, so this is how it feels like walking. Because he never experienced it before. Wow, this is what it means, feels like to be jumping up and down. And he's praising because only Jesus was able to do this for me. The people who in the courts did not think this man was crazy or local. There's a Korean word that I would teach you crazy is michasa. Follow, say, michasa. There, now you speak Korean, all right? They didn't think he was crazy. They didn't think he was crazy. However, they were amazed and full of wonder because they know this man because they saw this man every day sitting in the courts, I mean, sitting in the beautiful gates, begging for money. So they know, and they know that he was born blind, and I mean, born lame, and that he, he was born this way. He couldn't walk. But all of a sudden, he's walking, jumping up and down, and he's praising God. So that's why, as a result, they were in awe, and they were amazed. They didn't think that he was drunk. Notice in verse 9 through 11, Luke says this, When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were what? Filled with wonder and amazement as at what they happened to him. 
You see, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, like Peter and John, we always draw people to Christ and not to ourselves. Because let me tell you this. The poor man was not thanking Peter, Peter for helping him to walk or to jump up and down. But this poor man, if you notice, he was praising God. You see? Peter did not say, it was my strength, it was my ability, and it was my hand that helped you up. Now you can walk, now you can jump him down. Peter did not do that. Peter, I'm sure, told him, he says, it is in Jesus' name, and it is in Jesus. As a result of that, you can walk and jump. And that's why this poor man was jumping up and down, praising God. You see? But the problem is sometimes, unlike Peter and John, sometimes we want to get the credit. Amen? Sometimes we want to say, look what I did. Look how I vacuumed the carpet in the church. Look how I cleaned the bathroom in the church. Look how I cleaned the floor in a church. Look what I did. And we want to be thanked and put... And, and, and have an arm around them and say, you did a great job. And then when people don't get the recognition, what do they do? They become bitter, they become hatred, and they start gossiping, and that's when the division happens in the church. Amen? But you all know UBC, that's not going to happen. Amen? Because we always give honor and glory to God and no one else. Amen? And as we do that, that we have unity. Then we have power of the Holy Spirit moving within the church. So if you came to be thanked by the pastor or the elders because you threw out the garbage, can I say this without being so insensitive? You're in the wrong church. Amen? Do you hear me? Now, am I being insensitive or am I being real? Because there's no room for that here. There's no room for eagles in, in this church. Amen? Amen? Only Christ is in here. And we follow the head. And he gets the honor and glory. Amen? Hallelujah. Come on, church. You could do better than that. That's who we are. That's who we are. And we're just being real. Amen? And that's what Peter did. So... When we are filled with God's spirit, we always draw attention to Jesus and to God, not to ourselves. Remember John, what did he say? He must increase and I must decrease. And that's what Peter and John did here. Again, listen to what Peter said in verse 8, verse 6. Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. When I was younger, one of the sports that I really enjoyed playing was hockey. I would have that puck sometimes next to my pillow. I would sleep with that puck. That's how much I enjoyed hockey. And uh, as I got older, into high school, I realized I don't have the skills and God did not give me a natural height and body for hockey, okay? A lot of the guys that I play in peewee, they were about my height, but somehow when they got into high school, they had this growth spur. Boom, 
and I just stay, you know, same height. So I cannot compete with guys that are six feet or five, nine. You know, and they become huge. You know, they just, you know, it was, and so I said, you know what? Hockey is not how I'm wired. Even though I love it, I just, I just got to be real. That's not how God wired me. That's not how it gifted me. You know, so I said, okay, I'm going to stop playing hockey. But in some of you, perhaps, maybe thinking to your own self, why can I be more like that other person? It's just like how I was thinking. Why can't I be like my friends who are five, nine, six feet so I could play hockey? Some of you may be thinking, why can't I have the gifting so I could have a job like that person? Why can't I have uh, specific jobs like that other person so that I can get the salary like that other person to get a nice house, to go on uh, nice vacations, to have two, three cars like other people do? Why can't I do that? And you may be asking that question. And perhaps some of you struggle with that. But here's the amazing news. Here's the amazing news, and I want you to catch this. We have the Holy Spirit, and we have the power within us. You may not have the ability and the talent like your next-door neighbor. You may not have the talent and ability like the next-door person. But what you do have is the Holy Spirit within you. And so when you have the Holy Spirit within you, then you have the power and then you have the authority like Peter and John. Amen? Amen. And that's where your confidence is. Not in your abilities or your gift. Because there will always be someone that is better than you. Amen? There will always be someone that is more prettier than you. There will be always someone that is in better shape than you, there will always be someone better. And if we are competing or comparing ourselves to someone or with the Joneses, then we're going to be depressed, then we're going to get discouraged, and we're going to be insecure. But we know what we have. As Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. But what I do have, and that is Jesus Christ in me, and I am willing to give him to you. And because of that, you can walk. And in the same way, my dear brothers and sisters, you will say in your mind, you may not have all the things that your neighbor may have. But what you do have is Jesus Christ. And you have the power and the authority to be his servant. Amen? Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Paul says this, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. Check this out. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, I don't know if this doesn't pump you up. I don't know what will. Amen? I don't know if what brings you joy, if this doesn't bring you joy and excitement and really fire it up, I don't know what will. He gave his own life for you. Man, that is an amazing news. Christ is living in us. 
We are members of the living Christ. We are partakers of the divine God. Like Peter and John, we can give the power of Christ because we are full of Christ. You see, this water bottle is full of water. So naturally, if I open it up, if I shake it, sorry, it's just water. But you see what I'm talking about? So if someone comes to you and shakes your body and touches you, what's going to come out? Is it going to say, how dare you bump me? And you're going to get upset? You, what do you call that? You came over my own private line. How are you going to react? If we are full of Christ, if someone wrongs us in a wrong way, or if someone hurt us, when they bump us, when they bump us, what are they going to see? They're going to see the overflowing of Christ. Amen? And that's what happened to Peter and John. So what happens when we have full of Christ? There are three things that happen. One is healing happens. We as UBC have physical healing Some of you can testify that you've been healed physically because of prayers. But also some of you can testify that you've been healed spiritually. Amen? When we are the body of Christ, when we have the full of Christ in us, then healing happens physically, spiritually. That's who we are. Second, there is joy. If there is full of Christ, there is joy. We have joy because why? Because Christ is living in us. And second, because God can heal us from any, any pain and sorrows. Amen? Amen. Third, there's a sense of wonder. The people in the temple court seeing the poor man healed could not believe, but they were curious and they were in wonder, wonder and amaze. Now, if outside of these walls, the people in the community at Uptown, when they see what's going on in our church, would they be in amazement because of what's going on? Would they be in amazement because they would see that we love one another, we care for one another, and that we go out to the community and they experience the love of Christ through us. And they are in awe and wonder. And as a result of that, they said, I want to be part of Uptown Baptist Church. Amen? And I pray and hope that they will see that. I pray and hope that we will be that. Brothers and sisters, when there is joy and power in the church, the outside world becomes curious. Second point, the spirit-filled church puts their faith in Jesus' name. No other name, but in Jesus' name. When the church filled, spirits filled, and begins to experience the power and healing, there is a danger we must avoid. And expounding on my first point. What is the danger that we must avoid? People may focus on Christ's servant rather than on Christ. Therefore, we must remind people we are doing the name in the name of Jesus Christ. 
When people see us, we say we're doing in the name of Jesus Christ. Peter and John were quick to make that clear. It was not them, but the power of the Holy Spirit. Notice in verse 12, Luke says this. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites. Now he's talking to the people in the temple. Why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by own power or godliness we had made this man walk? Do you see the Peter's heart? He's redirecting the attention. Because if someone like Peter, he could easily say, yeah, look at me. Look what I accomplished. But he's reminding them that it's not his own power that this is, but someone that's far greater. Throughout history and throughout experiencing different churches, men and women will seize every opportunity to have their name mentioned when the ministry is successful. Have you been there and have you experienced that? That's what they want, their name. Peter and John would have none of that, and it is in Jesus' name they were able to heal this poor man. We will discover that in verse 16 later, but in verse 6, remember he said this, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Now, during the time when Jesus did ministry, people criticized Jesus because he was from where? Nazareth. And if you remember, can anything good come out of Nazarene? Because Nazareth at that time was a low-class village. And it was disrespected, and nobody wanted to be part of that. But now, that's why Peter right here brings out this Jesus Christ of Nazareth, a place that you rejected, a place that you would not have any respect, a place that you thought it was a, a, a really bad place, a really a dump. But out of that dump came Jesus. Not everyone heard, again, he said this, so Peter explains in verse 13 through 15. The God of Abraham, now again, he's talking to the Jewish uh, people. So they know who Abraham is. So they know who the God of Abraham is. That's why Peter says this, is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because again, these Israelites, this Jewish people that he's talking to, knew these men very well. And they were highly honored. And that's why he begins this way. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our father, has glorified his son Jesus, his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. What Peter is saying is this. It was wrong when you guys cried out. Even though Pilate let him go, even though, and he gave you an opportunity to free Jesus, but rather than you saying free Jesus, you said what? Free Barnabas. Barnabas, the, the, the one who was a, a murderer. And at the same time, you shouted out, crucify him, crucify him. The same man that you, you, you disowned, the same man is the one that God honored him to be. You see, Peter continues. 
in verse 14. You disown the holy and righteous God, or the righteous one, and ask the murderer to be released. I could picture Peter saying to these fellow Israelites, looking them in the eye and say, shame on you for putting Jesus Christ to death. And in verse 15, he says, you kill the author of life. You kill the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. Amen? And that's what Peter was teaching this fellow Israelites. And he was rebuking them big time, and he was being real. You kill them, but God raised them because that's who he is. And we are witnesses of this. Remember what the last words of Jesus when he told the apostles, be my what? Witnesses. And Peter is obedient to that command, and he says, we are being witnesses. Amen? Peter now makes the final point in verse 16. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is in Jesus' name and in the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can see. Peter is teaching us here right now. When people are thanking us for doing good works, when people are thanking us for giving them some support, that we would tell them we are doing this in Jesus' name. So the people who are receiving the gifts, people who are receiving the blessing, they would know that we are doing this in Jesus' name. And there is no other name. Amen? That's what the Peter, Peter is teaching us. Peter is saying, listen, you Israelites, it is only through the name of Jesus Christ and no other name. In the name of Jesus comes power. The church has power because of the name of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, faith in the name of Jesus Christ brings power to our lives and our church. Amen? And we, the church body, may be different. Our personalities may be different. Our giftings may be different. Our backgrounds are different. My background is different from yours. And yours are different from mine. But if we start criticizing each other's backgrounds, if we start criticizing each different gifts and say, why can't you be like me? Why can't you be, uh, be similar to my talents or my gifting? If we start doing that, that's when the division happens. But rather than having criticizing different gifts and different backgrounds, we, we respect each other's backgrounds. We love each other's different personalities and gifting. And we come together and say, let's work together to glorify and honor God who is worthy. Amen? That's how unity is formed. And that's how God designed it. And so we need to fight for it. Because the enemy will do whatever he can to draw attention to our differences. Different giftings, different personalities, different backgrounds. That's what he's going to do. But we have one in common that brings unity to our church, and that is the exciting 
earnestness of belief in the power of the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, he brings us together. Amen? In closing, my dear brothers and sisters, let's get going. Let's get going. I am so thankful and blessed by seeing Richard and Karen hearing their testimony. They got going 20 years ago. And they were doing the ministry. You see, we can't and we should not be sitting still. We should be get going. In exalting and proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ. Reforming our belief and living in the faithfulness in him. May we be willing to channel the power of the name of Jesus Christ. May we be willing to bring healing, forgiveness to others who desperately need healing and forgiveness in their lives. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And we pray, Lord God, that, that your word have moved us and challenged us to be the men and women that you have called us to be, to be the church that you have called us to be, a church that is full of light in the midst of darkness, a church that is full of hope in the midst of hopelessness, a church that is full of love when this world is desperately looking and searching for love that is lacking. May we all do it in the name of Jesus. May we always direct the attention to Jesus and not to ourselves. So we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We sang this earlier. Let's just sing this a chorus again. And I will call upon your name And keep my eyes above the waves Oceans rise My soul will rest in your embrace For I am yours Call.
upon your name. Father, we thank you for our dear brother Richard and dear sister Karen for being obedient to your call, to the Great Commission, to go out and make disciples out of all nations. And Jesus, we reminded what you said to the apostles before you ascended to heaven. Go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth to be my witness. Father, you have called us to be your witness, witnesses. And Father, I pray that we will be obedient and that we will go. We will go and to share the gospel, share the love of Christ. We may not have silver or gold, but we will give to others what we do have. That is in the name of Jesus, you will be healed. In the name of Jesus, your soul will be healed. And that your name will be written in the book of life. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for giving us that commission. Thank you, Father, for giving us the authority in the name of Jesus Christ. And Jesus, you said you would do far greater things than I have done because we'll be able to reach the people. So God, I pray that we'll be obedient and that we will go. We'll get going. And we will not stay complacent or stay behind these closed doors of this church. But we will burst and go out forth and to share the gospel to the person who needs to hear it. So give us opportunities to share the gospel. We will get going. And now, may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant, brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, Equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing unto him. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. Hallelujah. God loves you. Go in peace.